Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Cody Kutzer, find me on Twitter at CKutzerFF, joined as always by the man himself, the wrath of fantasy, with the 13 at the end, that is Kevin Steele. I'm super pumped for tonight, uh, went out, got a got a, uh, a Belgian triple for the occasion, the The guy we're talking to, we decided to have some, some commissioner corona talk, try and figure out the stuff that no one seems to know, I guess we're going to try and do that when there's... We have no idea what's about to happen. We are bringing in your your favorite commissioner's favorite commissioner, and that is John Bosch. You can find him on Twitter at John Bosch FF. You can find his pods, the Dynasty Game Night podcast and Dynasty Wall Street. Fellas, what what is going on? Not much. Thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate the introduction. There's obviously other commissioners that are way more uh, uh, renowned than I am. But uh, I, I love you having on me on for this. And uh, unfortunately, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this lately. So uh, I am ready to talk about it. Kev, you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have anything to say, buddy? Hey, you know, I'm just uh, I'm just hanging out. You know, I, I figured maybe, you know, I was kind of hoping maybe if we never talked about COVID and fantasy football <laughs> and football, it would just it would just go away like some other people think that's the way that it works. But one day um, it's just going to disappear. It's just going to disappear. Yeah, but. It's it's a it's a real scenario that we're really gonna have to talk about. We really need to just start like really looking into. I think there's some groundwork you can look at, like how the fantasy baseball community has been handling it, because obviously the situation is going on there. But uh, I think it's 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 gonna be. There's a lot of questions, and uh, I don't know how many answers we have right now, <laughs> and how many answers will stay the same or change every week, every day. Well, honestly, I, as I I just went through and sent out a message to all of my leagues with what my plan currently is. And uh, at the bottom of it, I think I put a disclaimer that says like, this could all change, you know, dramatically. I, I really, I'm, I'm preparing as much as I can and I want my league to be prepared as much as it can be, but hopefully it's all a waste of time. And I spent, you know, some time trying to prepare and it's for not. Uh, but unfortunately I, I think there's a chance it could go the other way as well. So 
gotta gotta prepare just in case. Yeah, was, there's just so much craziness and uncertainty surrounding all this. We were, Bosh, we were talking before we started recording. We're like, man, we should probably look and figure out if there's anything like set in stone. And then we uh, we both were on Google sc- scrolling through <laughs> stuff, and we were just like, nope, nope, not yet. <laughs> I guess they're going to just open training camps and hope for the best. Apparently I don't The The one thing we did see is that uh, players are gonna, going to be tested every day for what was it? The first two weeks. And then it's going to be every other day after that. And like th- there are some things that do seem to be, I, I guess kind of set relative to everything else, but it's, it's just so crazy that the fact that they're opening training camps and there still doesn't seem to be anything set as far as you can set this because i think once we get into the season of something like if there's just one team where you know god forbid 20 percent of them test positive or something who knows you know what these plans are going to uh gonna end up doing it's gonna end up getting all tossed in the garbage anyway but it's uh it, at least it seems like we're going to have some sort of season in some form or fashion however that ends up looking at the end of the year who knows however many games that ends up being like, hopefully we don't end up having to have like a, a pause in the middle of the season or, you know, anything like that. But there, there's just so much unknown about this. Yep. But I mean, we've got soccer back, we've got baseball and basketball coming back. Uh, so, you know, I'm hopeful. I, I want to have a season. I want, <laughs> I want football. Uh, I, I I'm hopeful. I really think there's a lot of reasons for the NFL to make it happen. So I think we will have football. Uh, That's different than where I felt a few months ago. I thought 2020 was basically just canceled outright for the entire year. So uh, I'm hopeful, you know, let's, let's, let's go with that (laughs) for now. Well, so, I mean, I guess like to really start like kind of the groundwork of everything, like how do you think commissioners should structure their leagues? Because like, I'm of the thought of, that it might be so so like the way like for example again i bring up fantasy baseball because i'm actually you know i have a fantasy baseball draft that we just did and we just kind of went through talking about it and one of the questions you know the kind of the the people in the league asked is like well what happens if the 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 season ends early right because typically you know and how how do you go about that what if this what if the season only ends up being 10 weeks or something like that like how do you go about it like to me this i it's tough, but I think maybe you almost, in, in my opinion, that, that I started thinking about it was like for us, like we're doing a points league, but yeah. for, for football, have more time, like almost structure it kind of like DFS where on a weekly basis, yeah, I mean, everyone just kind of see whoever scores the most points every week and just, and just make it a total points league because then if it only lasts 10 weeks or whatever, then you could probably just crown the champion. If, if the season were not to continue, um, then you could at least have some, some sort of champion there. Yeah, if you have that plan in place, before you have something like the draft uh, or auction, like that's that's extremely important. Knowing that you're competing in a total point a total points based league, because obviously if a guy's on a week thirteen buy, well he he's more valuable uh, because the season might be over by then. Whereas a guy that's on week five or week six buy, you got to like for me in leagues that are already existing, that's why I can't just go with total points because somebody has a team that there's there's going to be an unfair advantage and no matter what the outcome of this, there's literally no perfect way. Uh, we will, we can talk about a ton of scenarios tonight, which is what I'm here for. <laughs> and uh, I've talked with a lot of scenarios. Every single scenario has a downside. Every single scenario is an 
okay, let's do it this way as long as the league's on board. That's the key for me is like making sure that the league knows the plan. For redraft, the total points is perfect, uh, especially if you haven't drafted yet, obviously. Um, but you have to make sure that everybody's aware of that. Because for me, that would definitely change how I treated guys that have an early buy. If I'm if I'm going for a win in a total points league in a season where I'm not sure if they're going to make it past week 10, I'm definitely going to stack my buys up for later in the year. Um terrible as it as it is i do want to win whenever i play so that's something that if i know that going in it would factor in a little bit on how i did my draft or auction and how it and what would be your slew or at least thought process of <laughs> uh, for like dynasty leagues um and how, how they should move forward so for dynasty it's a it's tougher and there's a, there's multiple issues uh for me in the uh, communication that I sent out to every league, there were some main factors. One is, what do we do with the prize money? Like that's the, that's the first question because you have to handle money. Uh, it's part of fantasy football. It's the worst part for a commissioner collecting it. Make just sucks. But once you have it, you have to make sure you pay it out. I want to be open and upfront with how I plan to pay out. In my leagues, every single one of my leagues has a charitable component, which means I can't just say, all right, everybody gets their money back. Unless we say we're taking money away from charity. I also have progressive pots, which those I'm fine, like taking the money out of those. But it's it's to me, I kind of want to have those progressive pots continue to grow because they're real small percentage. They're like five or ten bucks a year. So I don't really feel like (laughs) divvying five or ten dollars up amongst 14 people. So what I ended up doing in mine from a money perspective was finding a nice number. Uh, It was it ended up being about 50 percent of what the money was of what the, what the payouts normally would be just because <laughs> so much of it already goes to, or what all the buy-ins 50% of all the buy-ins I should say. And basically everybody will get 2021 at half price in my leagues. Um, and I know that kind of sucks, but we're going to end up giving more money if the season gets canceled to charity. Uh, a lot of the charity goes to the fantasy cares toy drive, Some of it goes to Go Pantry, which is a food bank, which obviously that's extremely important right now. Uh, So in my view, I kind of said to everybody in my league, look, like if the season gets canceled, it's getting canceled because we are in a bad place. Uh, We aren't getting better. That means we are getting worse if the season gets canceled. So I definitely am not going to take the money away from charity. I can't. It's already been donated. Uh, So definitely, you know, we're just going to give a little bit more and then I'm going to make it so that everybody has a nice, even amount going to 2021. Even if you're not getting a full 2020 season, maybe you got half price worth, you know, we still did a draft. We still did an auction. You still had trading year round and a dynasty league. There's a lot more aspects than just simply winning the championship. So for me, the fact that you had, you end up getting like, you know, kind of half of the experience of a league. I didn't feel too bad. I got zero pushback on that. Nobody felt bad about that. I don't run high stakes leagues either, though. I can imagine if you're in a high stakes league that uh, you might want some of that money back. But if you're buying, you know, 25, 35, 40 bucks, whatever, like people don't get all that upset. And I, but I do want to make sure people get their money back too. I don't want anybody to feel like they've wasted money on a year. So for me, it was just about coming up with a concrete plan, letting everybody know and making sure everybody's on board with it. I also did separate, like if we get into the season 
and we are far enough into the season where some people are mathematically eliminated from winning, they're not getting prize money back. <laughs> so no matter what, when we split the prize money up, it's not going to the people that are eliminated from playoff contention. They didn't have a chance to win that money. So they don't get a share of it. Everybody else will get a little bit of a share of it. So, you know, or a little bit more of a share. That's, that's my plan for the money. So are you putting like stipulations in like if, if season hits this, this portion or this percentage of the season, then we'll do this. Or if it, cause I mean, if it, if it lasts three weeks, obviously then you pretty much, I mean, I obviously in dynasty leagues, but like redraft, all right, we're just going to give everybody's money back. Yeah. It was fun for the three weeks we got to enjoy it. But, <laughs> um, you know, cause I mean, I could see where, you know, you have leagues where people are going to be like, you know, you get like 11 or 12 weeks in. Right. And mm-hmm. where people are, you know, people are gonna be like, well, wait, no, like my, my, like my team's dominating, whatever, you know, I don't want to just give all the money back and give it all back to everybody. Like, that's not fair. But the teams that are certainly out of it are going to be like, yeah, you know, definitely, we definitely <laughs> need to give the money back. Right. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to make sure that like anybody that's mathematically eliminated, you're not getting anything back. Anybody that's still in contention. Um, yeah, you might get screwed. I mean, there, there's no way around it. I, I am not going to be the person that projects what would have happened. I don't like to project what players will do. I'm not good at projecting things. I'm not going to say, well, just because you've won 10 of 13 games and you've lost three of 13, I'm not going to be the one that says you would win three straight in the playoffs of fantasy. Like that's very rarely do we actually see fantasy football go that way. Uh, so I don't think you can really to me i i just can't crown a champion i do have some leagues that are best ball uh which is a point scoring league and in those i basically said if we get halfway through if we get to week eight then the scoring is then the season is is uh it's it's final it's it's official once we get to week eight i said the halfway point no real reason other than picking you know kind of a, a a plot point where i felt we would have enough data to know which teams have actually done enough Yes, you do get screwed in those ones if uh, your players have had their buy in week five, six, seven, eight. I think there's a, five is the earliest one. So five, six, seven, eight. And then it ends after week eight. Yeah, that might have knocked you out of the money. And that sucks. But, uh, you know, it, it's a best ball league. So we can at least we can at least have some sort of a way to, to try and crown a champion. If it, if it ends really early, like if they try and get this off the ground and it's done in a month, there's for me, there's really no way to, to figure out what was going to happen. You don't know who's going to trade what over the final course of a fantasy football season. There, there's just simply no way for me to try to crown a champion in a season that doesn't have a week 16. We asterisk season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't even want my name on a trophy if I've been declared a winner and I didn't actually win it. I mean, yeah, I would. If anybody, if anybody, any, if anybody's listening out there and I'm in your league, like totally just declare me the, the winner, put my name on the trophy. I don't care what asterisk is on there. I, I'll take anything I can get as a champion. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing that as a commission. So I, I don't see how people plan to crown a champion if you don't have a championship game. And so, and why do I always hear people that play Dynasty always say that like money is not the most important thing? Like that is the only thing that matters in fantasy <laughs> football. Why are we playing this? Because well, maybe that's just me, the degenerate gambler, gambler degenerate in me. That is all I care about. Because I know a lot of you Dynasty folks will play like seventeen thousand leagues, and you and you guys, it's like it's kind of like clout where you're like, yeah. 
I'm in like 41 dynasty leagues. I think I'm going to cut down this year. I cut down to 35, and I'm like, well, damn, dude, you're playing a lot of money. Like, no, they're like five buck league, five or ten buck leagues. I'm like, why don't you just play one that's like a hundred and just call it a day or something like that? You know, like I don't know. Like I, I guess you got to get your shares of your guys, right? You're like, well, I got to get my shares. You know, I need my shares. Of, that's why because you know, I don't have enough shares. Like I in don't dynasty, know. it's so much harder to get a player. A redraft, it's pretty easy. If you don't get them one year, you just get them the next year if you want them. Or play dynasty. DFS and you can get <laughs> yes. them every week. You can get whoever yes. you want. Yes, and DFS and dynasty are like a, a great pair. I like both. I I like redraft too. I like all forms of fantasy football. I'm kind of a junkie. Uh, but yeah, DFS is a, a perfect pairing. Any dynasty player should definitely play that because it is one way to prevent you from having too many leagues, which a lot of people do. Uh, a $5 in free leagues. I, I, there are some people that play free dynasty leagues. I don't know how they can do that. I That just seems like a headache to me. But uh, no, I play in a lot <laughs> and uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, it's, it's, it is because I, I like to have a diverse portfolio and like it allows me to say okay well i have a lot of this guy so i should probably trade some of him because now he's popping off and uh i don't need to really keep all these shares so for me that's why i play plus i'm just a junkie anytime there's a new league with some creative way to play fantasy football i end up being interested which is a shame that's that's probably more my reason is just all these leagues are different I've I've always felt like die the dynasty community though is like much like a cult like it's very much cult very like people if you don't play dynasty it's like you know it's it's kind of like um um you know what am I thinking of? what's the what's the workout that people do I can't think of top head it's right there CrossFit uh, CrossFit, CrossFit. Yeah, is what it's you're like thinking the CrossFit community <laughs> yeah yeah it's like you don't CrossFit let me tell you why you should cr- do CrossFit okay same thing with Dynasty it's like you guys are like hyenas and it's like it, it's crazy and you guys think that you like you know you're when you drink from something your 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 pinkies up in the air at people and everything else and you know you know redraft pff, rookie. <laughs> no, I I play them all, and I I will I'll be the first. If nobody else has told you, I'll be the first to tell you. There's a lot of people that shouldn't play Dynasty. There's a lot of people that shouldn't play DFS. There's a lot of people that shouldn't play fantasy football. Period. Uh, I mean, all you can do is give it a try and see if you like it. But there's definitely some people that should not play Dynasty that do. I mean, they oh, end I, up being I, inactive. So if, like, if you're not ready to, if somebody's not ready to be active in dive in in their dynasty league like yeah they're not a candidate and they should not play dynasty football kevin kevin's also the person who had like sushi one time and didn't like it was so like sushi sauce what's a sushi why do you guys eat sushi it's just stupid i'm gonna spend 30 dollars on this raw fish it's dumb well, I, 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 I mean, I always feel like that, like the DFS community is the smartest community of them all. Like we're, we're sitting here, like, you know, like diving in and trying to find this, this hidden gym for this one week that we're not going to care about the next week. And, you know, you, when you, when like Dan Arnold week happens or, um, you know, stuff like that happens for the one week and you, and you smash and you just drop your nuts on the table, like, you know. That's that's all we care about is the week to week basis. But like you have to dig so deep into into DFS that I don't know. Uh, in terms of a, a in season, I feel like the the dyna, or the the DFS community, uh, you know, is number one in my opinion in terms of just how deep you go. But obviously, there's no real comparison between redraft and dynasty. It's completely. I don't. Know. I I play them all, so I don't really have a. Let's be honest. The 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 the, 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 the typical redraft guy. 
the just your your standard redraft guy usually shows up with his draft mag. Uh, just picked it up from the store. Shows up and all right, boys, who we drafted this year? All right, fourth round. Let me get oh, that. God, kicker. you legit sound like somebody in my original redraft league when you <laughs> <laughs> when you just when you said, "All right, boys, who we drafting this year?" That that totally sounded like some guy in my redraft league that I'm thinking of. As soon as you said it, no, and, hey, there. Like I said, some people should not play dynasty, and some people should not play DFS. They can lose a lot of money fast in DFS. You can lose a lot of money slowly playing dynasty <laughs> if 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 you are that magazine redraft person. But it's pretty easy to dive in a little bit further in either way, in DFS or Dynasty. I mean, there's a lot of content centered around both those types of fantasy football that can make you a pretty pretty decent player pretty fast, at least. No, for sure. So so I, I guess to you know, get back on to the, the, the COVID aspect of it. <laughs> a little, side, little yeah. sidetrack from the COVID. Is, is there discussion. anybody else you want to go after, Kev, before we, you know. No, I feel good. I feel go good on. now. You know, I always got to get that out. I got to get my shade out. You know, I got to throw it out there. But uh, I actually, salary cap's actually my favorite way to play. And to me, that's kind of a mix of, it's a mix of all, co- cool. it's, a, it's a lot of mix of everything. That's how I started playing back in like 2000, yeah. 2001. It was like sporting news, I think. And it was like it was salary cap leagues. Everybody could pick. So basically, everybody could pick everybody. There, there was no like drafting, right? And every week, it was kind of like early DFS, I guess, right? Oh, I'm not talking everybody. about that kind of a salary. I'm talking more like a dynasty salary cap, right? Where well, you you where you sign people for multiple years and stuff, but not forever. Yeah. So I mean, so essentially, what would happen is, uh, like each week, you would uh, as your players got like better or whatever, they would earn money. So you would have this extra money that you could like cash out and spend more money to build a better team. That's like early, early like oh, really? news. Like, that it was. It was like I have wanted to create a stock market league, stock market dynasty league based on DFS pricing, uh, but there's no way to do it without like a lot of manual work. So I haven't done it. But that sounds very similar to what you're talking about. But you would keep the players year to year till you sold them, and then you would have more money, like for the auction and stuff. Uh, it's okay. Hmm. This is it's got to be a way to real, that. This is the real reason why a lot of us are in twenty leagues because we're all in like John Bosch <laughs> leagues, and we'll just get the we'll get the Voxer message of I've been thinking about a different league, yeah. and everyone just like. <laughs> You yep, got yep. more than different leagues. <laughs> yeah. You want to you want to do a Fortnite based league where it's one week and if, if you win you move on, uh, and you take somebody else's team with you, and you just keep picking up loot as you go. <laughs> that thing's that thing filled up. That was that'll be fun. Wait, that's a real thing. Oh yeah, that was it's uh we do it. Jason Tran actually came up with the idea and then I worked with him a little bit on it last year and we started a fantasy football battle royale. 64 owners. Uh, we start out with an auction, a four copy auction. And week one, there are 32 matchups. If you win, you advance to the next round, but you get to take any player that you want from the team that you defeated, plus any players from your roster, plus you get their blind bidding. Any, But you have to stay within the certain roster constraint. Anybody you don't take just gets dropped out, left out laying in the field for people to come by and pick up which is the waiver wire. Uh, so six weeks, all you got to do is win six six games in a row. That's easy to do, right? <laughs> by the end and by the finals, I mean, you end up getting uh, a head-to-head matchup of teams that are just absolutely stacked. You guys are sick. You guys are just it is, How do it, you guys think of this stuff? It is sick. And that's not Dynasty because there's no there's no key. That That is 
it is really close to DFS. It's just slightly more because you have to strategize on, okay, if I do win this week, who do I play next week and how do I differentiate my player pool from their player pool? It's, it's, uh, it's definitely a different one. I remember Travis May and Justin McCaslin, who used to uh, be OT. Dynasty lifers. Yeah, but they talk about like superpower leagues. Oh, like, yeah. Excuse they're, me, what? Yeah, they're in my power hungry league, which is. Oh, that's also you. Okay, yeah, that's also that, you. All that's right. me. That's absurd. I told you, this This is the reason why. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one. You know how people say there's no defense? You don't. You can't really play defense in fantasy football. You can't do anything to like stop your opponent. Oh, and this one you can. <laughs> You can you can play powers to to force a player out of a game to force a player not to even be able to start a game. You can steal a player. It's uh, yeah, that one's that one's fun. It's a lot of work though. Yeah, that's not. I mean, that's not even fantasy football. It, it that's that's just a strategy game that happens to have some fantasy football elements. I mean, that's I'm completely honest about that. I would I wouldn't even play fantasy football if I could find some other way to have like this much of a rush of a strategy game. That's all fantasy football is to me. It's just a, a strategy game. I can gamble on a lot, which is what I enjoy doing. All right, let's get back to the COVID stuff. What did we talk about? We talked about the uh, prize money. Uh, the next big question uh, is always like, what do we do with the rosters? Um, do we expand the rosters? We expand the IR. My answer for that is, uh, well, I should know by now, but I don't. <laughs> It would be really nice if I knew exactly what the NFL's plan was because right now we're waiting on my fantasy league to find out what the NFL plan is so that we can know what their plan is. Um, they've kind of hinted at the fact that if, and if if the NFL allows for like some sort of temporary IR spot for COVID players, uh, you know, right now, it, at least <laughs> we couldn't find anything that's been approved yet. Uh Right now, if you go on the IR, there's a minimum amount of time until you can be designated to return. And I think they can only designate to return. It's, it's a, is it one or is it, it's a few players if, if it's more than one, but I think it might just be one. Did, that, they, not, did they not approve the three week? Um, I don't think it's official yet. That's the thing. No, that's not official. The only thing <laughs> yeah. that uh, like there's rumors about that. That seems that seems like too long to me. Like I know you want to be cautious, but why not just make it to where they test pot negative on on two consecutive tests? Like that that would seem to make the most sense to me. I think that's what Cody found right before we started recording. Yeah, so there was a uh, there's an article on NFL.com that was uh, released at 4:30 today. It says if a player tests positive but has no symptoms, he can return the fa- return to the facility ten days after the initial positive test or if he receives two consecutive negative tests within five days of the initial positive test. If the player has a positive test and symptoms, he can return after at least 10 days have passed since the symptoms first appeared and at least 72 hours have passed since he last experienced symptoms. So that does seem like that is down to like a a 10 day thing. And then depending on if you do or do not have symptoms, the symptoms is going to extend that for, for a little bit longer. So, and this is why, so the way I addressed that kind of section of the communication I sent out was, I don't know, (laughs) because this is what happens. If you, if I were to go with the three weeks, which is what I had been hearing over and over and over up until tonight, I would have been completely wrong. So I can't make that determination. And I don't think anybody should make that determination until 
we start to have a concrete information from the NFL. MFL, my fantasy league, has kind of said, which is, I mean, that's an I assume sleeper and every other site will be very similar. That once they get the plan from the NFL, then they'll determine what they have to do on their specific site. So then the commissioners can go ahead and determine what we need to do. For me, it's pretty simple. If the NFL allows NFL teams to designate players as injured reserve, that's pretty easy. They just put them on IR. Maybe they waive the rule of having to wait eight weeks or uh, or until week eight or whatever it is. I, I know there's – I can't remember the exact NFL rule on the designation to return, but maybe they change that this year and just let people come back but be on the IR. That way they can go ahead and sign somebody off the street and keep their roster at a, at a high enough number. To me, that seems really logical, really easy, but it's the NFL, so I, I you know, maybe there's contract – things in there that they don't want to have to deal with for doing that. If that's the case, then my fantasy league, I think it'll be real easy. They'll just get the IR designation. So in that case, I will just expand the IR in my leagues. I'll probably just go unlimited this year. Like, I I don't care. Like if you have 20 guys on your roster that test positive and are out for 10 days throughout the season at some point or two weeks throughout the season, like to me, uh, your roster should not hurt because of that. If the NFL goes the other way and just says, okay, this guy's just out uh, and not being treated like injured reserve and it's just being treated like a hamstring pool, that gets a little bit harder for me. Uh, I don't allow people that aren't on IR to be on the IR of our of our fantasy leagues. Like you have to be officially on the IR to be on IR. I don't care if you're suspended. I don't care if you're out. I don't care if you're questionable. None of that is injured reserve. So for me, in that scenario, what I plan to do, if like if that's how the NFL plans to treat it, I'm probably just going to increase roster sizes. Uh, you know, add, a, add, I don't know, four or five spots for each league, I think is what I ended up going with. Some leagues are shallower by nature of the design. Some leagues are deeper. So I'm just going to add, add a few extra roster spots for 2020. It's not going to hurt anything. Uh, you know, we're probably going to have to play the waiver wire a little bit more this year, which is, which is good. That creates activity. That's, that's fun and entertaining. But if we open up the rosters to be a little bit deeper, you know, it might allow people to at least be prepared or if they're not prepared, they can, they can try and fix it in the season rather than just being stuck with, you know, four or five guys that are out and struggling to put a, put a starting lineup out because they didn't plan. They don't have room. They don't want to have to drop somebody good just to add somebody that's only going to be played for one or two games. So expanding the rosters kind of solves it going that direction. So I I know for like other stuff, like for the, like for redraft people that play, you know, ESPN or or Yahoo leagues or whatever, right. They're not on my fantasy league. Um, Yep. I know for them. I assume they'll do the same. Well, so what, so what typically happens if, so let's say they were ruled as, uh, uh, they're, they're not. There's no IR, and, and they're just like out, kind of like a, um, you know, like you said, like a hamstring pull or whatever. And they're going to miss a couple yeah. of weeks. So the, basically, the way ESPN works is that you have to wait until they, um, the, the team declares them out, and then you can put them on IR. But the re- the following week, they get removed from that. So like come Tuesday, you essentially have to either drop that player you picked up or pick or, or something else to make room to activate that player again, or else you can't pick anybody else up until that player would get put back on IR or if I get is, put, is get put that, on. Is uh, that site wise or is or yes. site wide or is that chosen yeah. by the commissioner? Because I no, that's I how, think the commissioner might be able to alter that on ESPN. I don't. I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't. Okay. I don't 
I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that's how it works because they, because they, they each week they, because they, they move them in on and off, whatever. As the start of the week, they'll move yeah. them back to questionable, and then if anybody, they have to be on out to be able to put them on IR. I think I might check the commissioner settings if I commission a league on ESPN. Just, just to double check. I thought all the redraft sites, oh, maybe they don't. Chisel Pete's good lord, come on, redraft sites. I thought they allowed the commissioner to adjust that setting, uh, but maybe they don't. Uh, it's been a little bit since I've played on ESPN, so maybe that is how they have it set now that guys that are declared out can be put on IR. I'm not a fan of that rule. Oh, <laughs> I, you, they, I, I know I you that for like sure because that's how it was last year. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, we play on ESPN in my home league, and that's how it is. Yeah, I mean, it's then you had to do that every week last week. If someone was declared out, you yeah. had to wait all basically until Sunday most of the time for them to be put on uh, as out, and then. Then you could pick somebody up, take their spot, and then come Tuesday, if you wanted to make a move, you had to drop whoever you just picked up to be able to because they're because you have to move them out of IR. Well, that that I mean that definitely seems like it it would work. Uh, you know, you have to wait till they're declared out, but I would assume that as soon as a guy tests positive, although it depends, I guess, when if what Cody just read, there's a window where he could test positive and still be back without really missing games. No, it was ten days minimum, right? So like he's going to be as soon as you test, like you're definitely going to be out for the next game. I wonder how quickly they declare, though, the guy out. Is it instant or is it like everything else with the NFL? where like, hey, you don't have to declare it until 11 o'clock uh, Eastern time on Sunday morning that the guy is in or out. And we're all sitting there waiting for the inactive list to find you really out. You have to wonder, too, how much the NFL because you because you imagine a team that's really on the brink of the playoffs. They're getting ready to make the playoffs or something like that. <laughs> he is not testing positive this week. Yeah, and their quarterbacks are like, you know, Matt <laughs> yeah. Stafford or whatever. I, mean, I guess that's crazy to imply the Lions oh, that, make that, the playoffs, that, but, that test you know, just, whatever. That, just, that test just fell. That, yeah, that fell in the garbage. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you wonder that with a lot of testing for the NFL, will this kind of testing be any different? I mean, I maybe I shouldn't question the uh, ethics of the NFL when testing players oh, that they <laughs> testing players that they want to be on the field on Sundays. Uh, yeah, so there's definitely an aspect <laughs> to that as well. Probably deeper in the season, there's a lot of guys that are lower risk of testing positive. Is that what we're saying? I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know their testing procedure. Is it an independent testing facility that got this contract, or is it an NFL based like the NFL team docs are, uh, are collecting? And is it I, somebody on the NFL payroll? The NFL has contracted with a national lab to handle the testing for all 32 teams so that the league's testing needs will not be a drain on supplies in local markets. So that doesn't say if they're, I, it doesn't sound like the testing lab will be coming to collect. It sounds like they'll be sending the tests to them. Uh, it, yeah. I, I don't know. It, I mean, you're, you're definitely right, Kevin. There's, there is probably some, some aspect of that, that, you know, come playoff push time, it's going to be a lot harder for somebody to test positive. So I, I, that, that's terrible. We shouldn't even have to think about that, but yeah, or you're trying playoffs to, and like, yeah, Pat, Pat Mahomes gets all of a sudden goes, that goes down. With oh, they're virus. definitely done testing by playoff. time. <laughs> There's no way anybody's failed. Patrick Mahomes is not missing a game in the playoffs for sure. They're going to, he'll test positive. Like when they've already clinched and they have two weeks, like, Oh, he just tested positive. He's out for the next two weeks, you know, that means we don't have to test him in the playoffs. No, that's all. Sorry, that's we're getting way conspiracy theory. And yeah, I'm, I'm so, kind of making light of it, but yeah, you're yeah, no, definitely sure, not. But you're not wrong that that, that or, is a little scary that that could be true. Or whenever you see him go back to the sideline and like Mahomes is just 
10 feet away from all the other teammates and like that becomes like the talk that becomes like the talking point like is GF going did you see him in the, in the huddle on the sideline he's, he's got a megaphone he's 10 feet away from the huddle just so that the huddle can hear the, you know uh, meanwhile everybody could be literally uh, I, I won't get into it how they literally could put mics and mics and speakers in everybody's uh, helmet and they could not be all right on top of each other in the huddle if they didn't want to just run but, 100% shotgun <laughs> no, well, let's, let's face it that would be more fun for all of us anyways so yeah for sure so how would you as a redraft so like for redraft like obviously dynasty's gonna be played different but redraft how how would you what would your draft strategy be heading in uh, heading into this to i mean are you do you change it all do you just draft like you normally would draft so for me uh i my redraft i mean other than like best ball stuff that I mean, did I enjoy while I'm doing it, but let's face it, we all do best ball stuff and then not really care about it after it's done uh, until like week 16. The redraft stuff that I am in, we don't really draft or auction until really close to the start of the season. I'm talking like the last two weeks of the off season is when almost all my stuff is scheduled. I don't think, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to let it affect my strategy, but we're a month away from where I'll even be re- doing redraft stuff. I don't know. I, I mean, there's definitely going to be some factors in it. You know, there's the obvious example of everybody thinks Ezekiel Elliott's already had it. Do we bump him up? Because you don't think he's going to miss games, so that lowers his risk. For me, I tend to take some risks as it is, because I think I think to win a fantasy football championship, you kind of have to take some risks and get a little bit lucky on those risks. So playing it safe for me doesn't always make a difference. So I'm not going to like push up Zeke past CMC or Saquon. I might push him past Alvin Kamara for a lot of people. He's probably already ahead of Alvin Kamara. I happen to like Kamara better, Uh, but I'm not going to like bump him up out of from, you know, I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to overreact. I'm going to plan that we're going to have the season. If I miss a guy for a week or two, it's like any other injury. I don't typically plan for injury. I tend to be pretty injury agnostic. I don't think guys are injury prone. There are some guys that I tend to shy away from because they seem to get injured more. Uh, but I don't think they're injury prone. They're just unlucky folks. So I, I don't know that it'll really affect my draft strategy all that much. Will it affect yours at all? I mean, the way I look at it, I kind of feel like that you could make a case that maybe zero RB is a little bit uh, more attractive this year just because of how deep the wide receiver position is. And uh, if, I mean, there's, if any of those top guys go down at running back, then, you know, those backups and everything else start to become a little bit more valuable. But I mean, that, I honestly probably wouldn't change how I draft it all that much. Um, it would depend on, you know, if you're still running a normal head-to-head redraft league or is it total points, that would probably change a little bit. How yeah, I would total points I would total points I would change a little bit, like we talked about earlier. I would I would look at guys that have bye weeks late a little bit differently. For sure, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, it, it, just, it just kind of uh, varies a little bit, I guess, but... Um, no, I mean, I I probably would try not to change it all that much the the way that I know because I don't. It, it's going to be such a crapshoot of understanding who who's it going to be, who's the guy you're going to. I mean, there's no planning for it. There's there's nothing you can do. It's all it's just going to be pure luck, right? So 
I mean, I guess I guess you probably should just go into it as, you know, it is what it is. I do think as a commissioner, you probably should be looking into adding more bench spots. Even if you make a rule where, you know, we're going to add three extra bench spots because some leagues only cap you on how many IR spots you can have. Like, like I know Yahoo, for example, does. They cap yeah. you at five bench spots, I think. I don't know what ESPN is off the top of my head. But that might not be enough between regular injuries because they are still playing football right and there's also the factor like because it sounds like they're not going to have any preseason and i don't know how training camp's going to work so if you got like the only real evidence we have to go back off of is kind of if you go back and look at the 2011 season when they had the strike where um everything was really condensed they missed all this time with that season there was like i think there was like three or four teams that averaged over 30 points per game which um set a record I think you're going to see that this year. Like, I think you're going to have a ton of points scored, and this is going to be a great year for fantasy football. And we're going to have to, <laughs> if they make it through all the, the all the way, because I think offenses are going to be well ahead of defenses because they're not going to have any time to practice. R- rookies have had no time to practice because I know they're getting to come in a couple days early. I think they weren't allowed to report tomorrow. I think is is now what it is. <laughs> I think originally it was today, wasn't it? I thought it was supposed to be tomorrow. Maybe it, I, maybe it is tomorrow. But. I do think that that is certainly going to be a thing. Like I think scoring is going to be way up, and um, so I don't. I just think this is going to be a wild year for fantasy football. I honestly hope it happens. I know there's a lot of people that are pessimistic about it. Like there's no way they're going to be able to play, which I understand because it's a little bit easier, like in baseball, right? Because there's not there's a lot more social distancing going on. Like most naturally. It's not yeah, a contact I mean, sport. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not out here. You know, at, at most you have the catcher. Or, you know, up against the the the. Uh, you know, the hitter, and then you have maybe, you know, the guy covering first base and the, the runner. You know, that's about it, right? And football, they're touching each other all the time. They're bre- and I know what uh, they created that mask or whatever that, that's supposed to go over, over, the, over the face mask, but I don't know. It's just going to be a complete crapshoot to me. It is. I, I, I really, like I said, I'm hopeful we have a season. I do think there's a chance that it gets bad and they just say all right we can't do football which it would be heartbreaking i you know i think that's a small chance (laughs) it's very small chance there's a lot of money to be lost if they don't have a season i mean the nfl got pretty lucky with when this hit the fact that they got all their stuff done i remember being shocked in march though that march madness got canceled i love march madness and when that got canceled i was like Oh my God, that's a, that's just so much money. I, I really didn't think that would get canceled. So I've had that shock to my system. Um, the NFL would be a shock to my system that I don't, I don't even know how to prepare for just because I don't expect that many people to give up that much money. Yeah, I mean, and it's not just on the, the the owner side; it's also on the player side. I mean, that's a lot of money for it's everything. For I mean, there, it, it's up. it's TV deals, it's ad buys. I mean, it's it's an industry like no other that I can't imagine going away. No, so, so that's why that's <laughs> as bad as that might be the reason. Um, I that's the reason I, I honestly think that we make it all the way through week sixteen and into the playoffs for sure. I hope so. I mean, what, do you, I, what about you, Cody? Will change your uh, will change your strategy towards drafting at all? No, I was just gonna say Kev brought up the the point of the rookies. I mean, that's really the only thing is like I would be looking to fade rookies and redraft 
And I'd be looking, I might bump up some guys who have that continuity, you know, guys that have practiced together, been together for a couple of years, things like that. Other, other than that, like it's, it's really not going to change much because like there, there's so much uncertainty. We have no idea what's going to happen. The NFL doesn't know what's going to happen, but that would be a thing because of the, the practice and the time played together and that sort of thing where rookies are going to take a little bit of a drop for me. And then some vets who've played together, you know what I mean? Looking to, you know, like a Stefan Diggs and uh, Josh Allen. Like I'm, first of all, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be going toward that to begin with, but the fact that they haven't been able to play together, like players that are changing teams and situations, you know, maybe even something like uh, your Cincinnati Bengals, not my, <laughs> my former. <laughs> the fat heads just don't come off the wall easily. So uh, <laughs> that's Chad Johnson back there. If you can't, if you can't make that out, that's when I was a Bengals fan way back then. What <laughs> happened? Uh, the Bengals. <laughs> uh, the straw that broke my back was the playoff loss to the Steelers, where Vontez Perfect just went like a complete freaking moron and uh i got all pissed off and then realized well this is ruining football for me so maybe i should just jump further into fantasy football then i did and i have joined dynasty football i played a lot more dfs the next year literally football became a lot more fun for me i found myself enjoying sundays and not just hating sundays that's the life of a bengals fan was that (laughs) actually the the year that jeremy hill fumbled in the playoffs I don't, I'm sure that happened too. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember all their playoff heartbreaks. There were lots of them, uh, like five years in a row or something like couldn't get a win. Uh, but yeah, they, they, I mean, the Bengals had the win and they had, what was it? Two personal foul penalties that pushed the Steelers all so the way. Into field goal range follow them at all. I follow them as much as I follow every other fan, every other NFL team at this point. Because so I'll say this because as a Chiefs fan, I know the pain. Okay, now yeah. I don't, but I know the pain prior <laughs> to this. The Chiefs have lost every possible way you can in the playoffs. They hadn't won a playoff game since '93, and every possible oh, scenario. Oh, oh, right? back to '93. Ah. Well, they hadn't won a Super Bowl since you know. Ah, ah, won a Super Bowl since. Come and look at the Bengals, man. <laughs> at least you're not, not going to get any empathy here. Well, hey. We we draft the the Messiah, the goat, the greatest oh. quarterback of all time. The the you know, and and it changes. So maybe Joe Burrow, maybe Joe Burrow is your Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I I don't think it'll ever happen with Mike Brown as the owner. I, I've got some issues with him too. He's a he, he doesn't care about winning. He, it's a, it's his business. He cares about profits, and he makes a lot. He makes enough money that would I don't you root think for he's, the Bengals if they made it to the Super Bowl? Would I root for them? I wouldn't root for or against them. I mean, I. I literally so have you're no- that done. You're that done. You're oh, like, yeah. you're the scorned lover. That's like never going yeah. back. You know? I don't have anything against them. Like I won't root again. It depends on who they were playing. I guess. Do I have, what, <laughs> who did I, who did I bet on? It would be more, would be the most important thing. Who do I have in my NFL playoff fantasy leagues? That would also be important to me, whether they win or lose. I, I really, I don't, I don't care about the outcomes of any NFL game on Sundays anymore. It's, it has zero effect on me. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I think, but I, th- I think fantasy football has some effect on that. Like for every fan, though, I think probably as, as the more you get into fantasy, the you start caring a little bit less. Um, you, you get a little numb to the reality of the NFL because it just it, all you it, care about is results. Just yep. results. Yep. I care. I care about so many teams in the NFL. Every single one of them 
is what I've constructed on 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 my on my fantasy teams. <laughs> Those are the teams I care about, and I've got a lot of them, so I root for all of them. Yeah, I don't even care about the teams. I just care about the players, and I just care <laughs> about the. So yeah. there, there's no sweat like a DFS sweat, especially once you start moving up in the in the pool, and uh, yep. then it gets real. Those are those are fun. Those are those are definitely I week sixteen championship week. I will say I'm basically on pins and needles that entire that entire week, uh, and then throughout the season, anytime I'm in in the hunt for uh, one I could possibly win and take down a DFS tourney. Like that's those are. Unbelievable. And I 2017, I think it was. I, I took one down in week 16 on top of winning like some champion. No, it was 2018. Cause that was my, I think that was my best one. And I just, I, I smashed a bunch of dynasty championships and a DFS tournament in week 16. And I popped open some good beer that night. It was, uh, it was fantastic. I'd be calling <laughs> in the next day. I just, I just, I, I ain't going to work. I, I I don't remember get, if I went to work or not. I probably did not. I'm gonna get <laughs> tore up. Like I'm gonna get fucked up. I can I, I can tell you if I ever take down the Millie, I'm going live on oh, this platform shit. right here. I'm 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 gonna be naked. Okay, it, it's gonna be all kinds of stuff flying around. Like I don't even give a shit. Like it's gonna get weird. Okay, yeah, if I if I take that down, you'll just never all you will never hear from me again. <laughs> That'll be it. I will be I will probably be done with all of fantasy football. I, I don't know why I would continue. That would be the best. Like until, I can, you can't, you can't beat that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to expect to win two of them. <laughs> until you get the ring on your doorbell, John Bosch with the van pulling up in your driveway. Yep. That's exactly what winning the Millie. That would be I, van life would start immediately. That, that van would be really freaking nice. <laughs> For those of you who don't know the, the little story behind that is that is Bosch's dream is to have a van just living and drive to teammates and people that he knows in the fantasy community and, you know, watch, uh, watch NFL games with them and just, just live in the van and live that hashtag van life. Yes. Man living down by the river. <laughs> you can go wherever you want. Oh God. I can't, I can't wait. It's going to happen. It, it has to happen. I dream of it every day. Oh, I want to go. I want to go see this part of America. All right. I, I got to go watch football somewhere on Sunday. Who lives? Who lives close to here that I can drive and watch football with you for the day? Just spike that, Millie. It's all you gotta do. One week, spike it, and, and you're good to go. Yeah, I, yeah just just. I do don't that. know why I haven't done that yet. <laughs> oh, I've been approaching this so wrong. I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's the real reason why Bosch has joined thirty leagues. He's like, all right, if I can just win twenty eight <laughs> of these one year, I might be able to buy that van. Uh, they would not come close to winning the million. <laughs> Just listen to the DFS DJ Nation. You know, I do listen to DFS oh, DJ Nation. Well, you must be listening to Ryan too much. That must be what we <laughs> I listen in season. I actually listen to more DFS podcasts than anything else. There's like yes. seven or eight of them in my rotation, and I listen to every single one of them, and they are all fantastic. We've so, so what? There's like one more issue with COVID that we we should probably touch on if you want to go to that. <laughs> Real quick, Bosch, I was just going to yeah. say, you know, let's say your your work, your company, your family comes to you and they say, we want to set up a league. So this is just for like your most casual oh my God. fan I, of casual fans for, for I, redraft. I'd probably say no. <laughs> you're out to play. I'm you're kidding. I'm play. kidding. But you're, 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 well, now his pinky's up. Now Bosch is going to go out here and start tearing down people <laughs> the way that Kevin did to start the show. Um, like so, obviously for for the casual fan, they're not going to want to sit there and draft 
28 rounds to like, you know what I mean? So would you, would you expand to like 20 rounds? Would you just do like your regular 17 round and maybe open up after the draft for people just to add, would you just have like an unlimited IR? How would you set that up in terms of, I guess, just the, the overall like roster size and IR spots for like your most casual of casual redraft leagues? Wait, is 17 rounds a standard? Because like that, 15, 15 that's, a, rounds. that's an odd number. I really hope this every redraft league I'm in has an even number of rounds at least. So no, I think it's 15 is standard. I think well, 15 that's rounds. freaking terrible. That's that's on your commissioner. Your commissioner can I know 100 percent your commissioner can adjust that, and they definitely should. Because if you're playing in an odd number of rounds, that's somebody screwing somebody else. Yeah, definitely don't do that. Do either 14 or 16 if you want to do 15. Um, just because obviously you have to give the benefit to the people that are in it. If it's a snake draft, which again, that's terrible. If it's an auction, go with 15 because auctions are way better and you can do whatever you want. Um, what I would do, I to me, like the, the kind of the standard in redraft is 16. Uh, that's what I'm used to. That's what most of my redraft leagues will play with. That's an amount that you can get a draft done and have an enjoyable time and not have it drag on and feel like you're drafting people that nobody knows. I would love, personally, I would love the drafts to be 24 rounds because the guy that shows up with the magazine has no fucking shot to win that league at all. Whereas those of us who are still doing podcasts in July and we've been doing podcasts in June, you know, everybody like we, we knew about the 2020 rookie class for two years. It felt like good Lord. Uh, So like the deeper a league is the more advantage to us, I think. For, for that kind of casual league that, that you're talking about, let's assume that it was a 16-round draft the year before. I would say add two rounds. If you don't have an IR where you can, you know, it, IR is the first option. That, that's, that for me, don't change your roster setup if you can change your IR setup. Allow more people on the IR because that's truly what you need to do. These guys are going to be out for something that, the league is, was set up at a time where you weren't expecting what could possibly happen, but I don't want to overcorrect for what might not happen either. So if you can do it through the IR, that's the option first. If you can't, if it's a league that's used to 16 rounds add two spots, like that's, that's not a huge amount. That's enough that everybody, if you're going to have more than 10% of your players <laughs> test positive, you got unlucky. I mean, that's this, that's very similar to somebody who has four or five injuries in a year in a redraft league where you only roster 16 and, you know, 25% of your roster gets injured. Yeah. You're out for that year. The one good thing about redraft is it doesn't affect you next year. Uh, so for me, like if it's a, if it's a league of 16, just add two spots and, and you're, you're probably good there. That to me seems reasonable and enough. I don't think you can go to, like you said, the people will get bored if you go from 16 to if you're trying to push it to 20 or 22 or 24, like that'll be, that'll be a drag and those people will lose interest. Yeah. And you're going to have a lot of people not knowing who they're picking. So uh, yeah, it'd be just the site. Whoever's next on whatever the site is. Anyways, that happens anyways. Like, I guess, <laughs> it like, really does. It's sad. Like, like I said, my home league is, which has been together for like 10 years, like a couple years ago, like Michael Gallup rookie year. I took Michael Gallup and someone was like, who I'm like, yeah, are you kidding me? And they're like, they're like, yeah, who is that? And I'm like, yeah. like it, cha- it changes when you hit that fantasy football Twitter world. You, you start to learn a lot more. 
Well, yeah. Well, so like we talk about it all the time being in the Twitter bubble, right? Like we think yeah. we, we kind of, I think most people get caught up thinking that's how everybody is. We're really such not. a small percentage if of fantasy players. If you get out of the Twitter insane. bubble, like you find out that like the majority makes up of the, the, the just that standard yeah. guy who, who maybe starts looking or missing a pause or looking for content like two weeks before their draft. And that, that's, that's really what they do. They're I'll, not following this all year. I'll never forget when the Tyreek Hill news broke. Uh, I was at a party with some people. And one of them happened to be a league mate who's slightly more casual. Uh, I'm, of course, my phone. I'm just staring at it, like watching, like, oh, my God, all these reports. This is crazy. Uh, and then the next time I passed him at the party, I was like, dude, can you believe this Tyree Kill stuff? And he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, wait, you don't already know this? And I, I kind of wanted to, like, not say anything to him to see just to see if I could, like, watch to see how long it would take him to fig- to to have found out, but I I couldn't. I had to talk to him about it. <laughs> but later on, uh, like the next week, I was talking to somebody who like still hadn't heard. Like they they hadn't heard about this. I'm like, how do you not know about what's going on with NFL players? And you know, if they're if they're not on social media, if they if all they do is wait until they get their magazine before the draft, and that magazine was printed before any news comes out or something like that. Like, yeah, that's a uh, that's that is the majority of players. I've done some work for draft day consultants, so I got to do like drafts for some I'll call them casual leagues last year. It was eye opening, uh, the teams that I was able to build in some of those leagues. So, anybody listening here, you should definitely have an advantage just from the fact that you have paid attention for the last few months and half your league might not have been. Also, I will say this fantasy football is still a fickle. Fickle bitch. Okay. Oh, yeah. In this this same league, I as a keeper league, I have never won. My team <laughs> is fucking stacked every fucking year, and I have lost in the first round of the fucking playoffs because my team every fucking year fucking uh, just just completely shits the bed, and then the next two weeks afterwards, fucking dominates, outscores the rest of the league. It happens every fucking year. We joke about it now. It's like, maybe I should... Let's see what the common link is. Every year, it's you setting that lineup in the fantasy... No, I'm just giving... giving I guess. (laughs) But see, it's a keeper league, though, so it's like a a cross between keeper and dynasty, because you can keep up to um, six players, which is kind of a lot for fantasy football. Well, Scott Fish would have a heart attack if you called six keeper a dynasty. Well, I shouldn't say it's a dynasty, but like it's it's, it's most keeper oh, leagues are like one or two players, right? Yeah, I gotcha. And so so you keep up to six. Um, like last like so right now, like I have like Saquon. So I have Saquon, Chris Godwin, uh last year I had Aaron Jones and um who the fuck else? Nick Chubb and uh Stefan Diggs. You got a good year. roster. Yeah. And, it sounds then, like it sounds like coaching to me. Alan Robinson, you know, like team was fucking rocked. Every fucking year it happens. I don't fucking get it. Like, I want to smash it like every so, fucking year. Kevin, you know what that's called, right? That's that's there's a little word for that that's spoken a lot of called variance. <laughs> you know how you decrease variance? You just play in like 30 fucking leagues. <laughs> that's why we play in so many leagues, because you know what you, I think though? You know what I like, you know what I think though? This, this is what this is what I've come up with. This is what I've come up with, okay? 
this is what I've come up with, that when you have a team that's so stacked, your team is kind of set, right? Because most people aren't going to... So like, most you, people, get, you're, you're, you get lazy and let your guard down expecting the win. Well, no, it's not that. It has nothing to do with that. It's, it's that you're not going to realistically sit Aaron off. Jones. You're not going to sit Saquon Barkley. You're not going to sit all these guys when you have all these studs, right? Which when you're playing somebody who has a very mediocre team, right, and could go many different directions. So for that week, they can just play fucking matchup where you're stuck playing these guys that you have right because your team is so fucking stacked you're automatically going to play those dudes and so once you play a team that that isn't that isn't stacked like that they have someone of an advantage in the way of they can play whoever the fuck they want to because they're just going to get crazy with it and play who the fuck ever while you are stuck playing this team you have while yes it's still a very good team but it's certainly possible on a week-to-week basis that a lot of those guys are going to have down weeks and when that happens that's when you get fucking right up the fucking ass Every fucking week. So that is what happens. That is what it is. I have I have analyzed this enough, and that is what I know. Okay, it has nothing to do with anything else. I am the fucking goat. All right, like I like I can draft anybody's team. We're going to the fucking playoffs. I am always in the fucking playoffs. Now I can't help it what the fancy guys do to me after that. It's like they have smite me because of how great I am and my greatness. I think is what it is. So I. I'm just gonna one walk year. Away. One I, year, I want you to just play in like 30 leagues, not even dynasty. Just do like 30 redraft leagues, and you will look at it totally different. You'll be like, "Yep, that team got fucked." But over here, I screwed this other guy in this playoff, so it all comes out in the wash. <laughs> that's the. I mean, that's literally one of the reasons I play in so many is because I end up doing. It, I don't. I don't have uh, that much passion for one loss, unless it's a, a, a league that's special. Uh, you know, there's some leagues that still have a special spot. And when I lose those, it, it hurts a little bit more. Uh, but you're playing enough of them. You just have to go. All right. Well, that that's one, why yeah, I got screwed in that one. Yes. And that's, <laughs> that definitely makes up for it too. Cause in a DFS, you do play the matchups, but you said it yourself. You can't bring yourself to sit studs when you're playing in redraft, but you should. Sometimes you have to make that weird decision in a redraft, if a guy's got it, and it happens with, I play a lot of super flex, basically all super flex. So like, it really happens with quarterback matchups and come playoff time, you have to throw out. I don't care who's, who's a, I mean, let's face it, Lamar and uh, Mahomes, they're starting, but literally like everybody else, I don't care how good the quarterback's been all year for me, playoff fantasy football or fantasy football playoffs at the quarterback position, especially just becomes nothing but a matchup base. I will choose only off of what I hear on DFS podcasts. I don't care if I have Aaron Rodgers. I will bench him if I need to and start some guy that has a much better matchup and is projected to score more fantasy points that week. And you can't get that from the fantasy site that you're using. Uh, Like you can't go with, Oh, this guy's expected to score this many points. No, that's where you have to listen to DFS podcasts and you can find, or read DFS articles. You can find that content and you can find your matchups. You have to make that weird decision because otherwise you end up getting a little upset. Well, that, 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 I, we say that every year too. Like on the pod, I always tell people like you should be listening to DFS podcasts yep. even if you don't play DFS because the, the knowledge that you're going to get, the level that they're breaking down each game and each situation and everything it's else is, 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 is unparalleled <laughs> compared to any most redraft leagues that you're going to listen to. Most of them are going to yep. gloss over. They're going to talk about a couple of guys match up that week that you kind of that, that they like, and that's it. They're not going to be diving super deep into it, talking about some, you know, 
unnamed wide or any name wide receiver that most people probably aren't even thinking about playing that have a great matchup. You know, looking at wide receiver, cornerback matchups, and everything else that, that, that you know that goes into DFS and the, the weekly grind of, of the reason I love DFS so much is because of that puzzle of the putting together that weekly lineup, trying to figure out to make that perfect lineup every single week. That like really is what I really love the most. Obviously, I love you know making money, you know, and that sweat every single week, but. For me, like that's why I like it more than redraft. I play in one redraft league because it's a home league, and that's the only reason I play in it is because it's just a home league with a bunch of people I grew up with. We've been playing it for 10 years. Other than that, I spent all my money and all my time on DFS. And but in but in DFS, when you when you don't just take one shot at a max multi-entry contest, no, you no, no, throw no, in a course. few because but when you're playing redraft, if you're only taking one shot at it, that week that week 14 or 15 loss in the playoffs feels like you're getting screwed. It's not. It's just that lineup just didn't work out and you didn't have a bunch of different entries. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't that's not what it is. That's not what I've told myself. Okay. It's not variance. Not at all. No, no, no. There's I'm no parallel. A, There's no parallels to this or anything else. We're, we're, we're gonna have a live seance on this show and we're gonna we're gonna kill a, a, a chicken on air. Get the monkey off my back. All right, so we we've hit the hour mark, Bosh. You said there was one more thing to uh, to touch on here with the the COVID stuff. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and hit on that, and we'll we'll start to wrap up here. So for dynasty leagues, the big question is, what do you do with twenty twenty one picks? How do you determine it if there's no season or if there's a partial season? Uh, and honestly, that one's a pain in the ass. Every Didn't single one of my year before. <laughs> no, God, no! Don't do that, people. If you do that, you are giving somebody such a severe advantage. Like that's just you. you somebody's getting double the advantage for I having guess a that makes bad sense, season. You're getting, like, you're getting two first, two number yeah. ones, two years in a row. Like if yeah. somebody gets the one on one, they cannot have the one on one back to back years. That's. I mean, they could. They they could on. They could earn it, but like just giving it to them, that's lazy and that's that's just. For me, that's just terrible because somebody's somebody's gonna get just a godsend. Like I would tank, I would tank every single dynasty. If somebody told me you can have the one and one for two years in a row, if you lose, if you get last place this year, I would automatically do that. I wouldn't even try to win. I would say I will take the one and one for back to back years. Here's my money for my entry fees. I mean, that's that's so easy that I would take the one and one to give up one year if I got two years in a row. So no, definitely don't do that. Um for me, what I what I've kind of come up with, most of my leagues are auction, which is really easy. That makes it so much simpler because I can give non people that have been eliminated from uh, the playoff contention, they're getting the average auction amount for whatever whatever number of teams are out. So, say six teams are out of it. If the NFL get team gets uh, or the NFL season gets canceled, the entire amount that those six teams would get will be added up and then divided by six, and every single one of those six teams is getting the same. The other eight teams that are still active, same thing. Theirs is all going to get added up, and then they're getting the average. So that's one way where like the people that are already out of it get a little bit of an advantage. If there's no season at all, um, for me, I'm just everybody's just going to get a flat rate in 2021. Uh, that's not great. <laughs> it it kind of sucks. There's plenty of people that are going to get screwed by that because they were going to earn – by losing a lot more money. There's some people that are going to get an advantage to that because they had a better team. I've tried to tell people like, yeah, the people that are losing that or gaining that advantage in next year's auction money, 
they lost a chance to win actual money in the championship. Like that, that weighs in too. Like they lost that. So they're getting this back a little bit. So auctions a little bit easier. Salary cap leagues. Those are pretty easy. I'm just giving people the option. If, if you want the year to count against the player or not, because there's no great fair way to say everybody, everybody's losing a year. If we played five games or nobody's losing a year, like teams are setting up their salary caps in salary cap leagues for multiple years out. They might have a guy that's supposed to be one year left on his deal that they wanted this year. They don't want him in 2021. So like, I I don't want to make that determination for every owner. So I've individualized that in my leagues and they'll get to determine it. Draft pick order. That's the big one. There is absolutely no fair way to do a straight draft pick order for what I, what I ended up doing dividing the teams that are in contention and the teams that are out of contention. Somebody's going to get screwed again, but at least we, we separate a little bit. So let's say half the teams are already mathematically out of the playoff hunt. If the season gets canceled, they'll be randomized. There, there's no fair way to do it. Uh, for me, I can't just go back to last year's settings. I, I don't want to do just total points scored. Some people have had buys. Some people haven't had buys. I don't know what's going to be scored the next seven weeks of the season that got canceled. There's no way for me to project that. There are ways to do weighted lottery systems, which are all fantastic. <laughs> They're all a lot of work. And I don't, I'm a little bit lazy because I have a lot of leagues. So I don't feel like doing that. And I've opened it up to every single owner in all my leagues. Hey, if you've got a good way to do a weighted lottery, like let me know. Show me the formula you want to use, explain it to the chat. Like we can all get on board on this nobody has stepped up to give me a weighted formula yet. So I kind of feel like nobody's all that interested in it and doing the work for it either. Uh, So for me, it's just going to be, we're just going to make a fun event of it at least. And we'll use 100yard.com. And you might end up getting the one-on-one, even if you were just slightly outside the playoff picture, you might end up with the one-on-one. I mean, for me, when there's no really fair way to do something, you're going to have to leave it up to random. And I hate random. Like that's why I hate snake drafts because the draft order is typically determined randomly. And that to me is like the worst way you can start a fantasy league because somebody's getting an inherent advantage by doing nothing. But unfortunately, random is somewhat fair in in this case. If we get to this situation, it's not great. (laughs) There's no perfect way. So hopefully we'll all at least have fun watching some, uh, Watch it, watching a digital race to determine our draft fate, which sounds like a nightmare. And that's what I, luckily I only have a couple of leagues where the, where the future picks are draft picks and they're not auction budget or something like that. It's another argument for auction. It just makes it a lot easier to do stuff like this. You're it's so much more flexible. So I'm going to shit on the dynasty community one more time. And I'm just going <laughs> to, <laughs> okay, go for it. Why did, why does it seem like people in dynasty leagues don't, don't ever think about winning? Like it feels like oh, it's always like I a secondary. I, I try to win every to year. I think I think you might be listening to the wrong people because for me it's all about winning. If you're only listening to people that only care about their rosters, those people are what you call fish, and you love having them in your league because it makes it real easy to win their money. <laughs> they have sexy rosters. They have lots of draft picks. It feels like people just like want to trade and they just want to show off their rosters. I'm like, yeah, just look at my roster. Look how sexy it is. Yeah. And look at it. And it's like, it's like, I don't ever hear people like talk about like winning. Like, 
And like, what, what do you do to win a dynasty league? I think you might be following the wrong people. I'm just saying. It's just what <laughs> you it sounds want to like follow to different people. All I hear, winning all is I, extremely important. All, all I people I ever hear people talk about is just, just, it's, it's just the trading part of it. Like, who do I trade? I want to know who I should trade, what the value is of the trade, and that's all I want to know. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna send out about 47 trades, and that's all I care about. That's what I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I think you're wrong. <laughs> Plain and simple. Uh, I mean, the point of training is to try and make your team better and win. Uh, that's what. That's my point. I play to win. I, I enjoy winning. You should I, be. Like Herm Edwards I, said, you play I go, to, I go win to win the yeah. game. You don't just play it to play it, all right? I mean, there are multiple ways to win, but ultimately you do have to win. There are people. You're, you're not wrong. There are some people who continuously trade for next year like that they're always thinking about next year and never thinking about this year cody can attest to it he's he's seen me in leagues i will sell out i'll sell the fucking farm to try and win a championship i don't care i i go i go hard to win which then makes other people in the leagues that i'm in kind of have to follow the same strategy in order to beat you so i mean you have to you do have to have people that are willing to go to it go for it but if Usually in a 12-team league, you don't get 12 people that are all looking for the future. They're real easy to identify. I I have, I know in all of my leagues the folks that are future players, and they're great because you can trade them your future picks and you can get all kinds of assets to help you win a championship. That's part of Dynasty. you got to identify that person in your league. And you're not wrong. There are plenty of people that focus on that aspect of it. They're playing Dynasty wrong. <laughs> So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to justify how they're playing. Maybe they're getting entertainment out of it and they're getting the bang for their buck that they want, which is fine. I want to win. I, I, I like winning. So I, I go that route. What's the only thing that I care about? So as we've, <laughs> as we've already, yeah, I enjoy leagues. I, I enjoy having some, some leagues with good people, but I, I definitely want to beat them. I mean, whether I enjoy the league or not, I, I want to win there. There's leagues that I will stay in forever. Kamikaze. I'll be in Kamikaze forever. Because of the people, but I definitely want to fucking win the league again. <laughs> it's been a little bit since I've won it. I think I won it two years ago or three years ago, and I haven't won it since, and it's very annoying. Maybe this will be the year I get to win it again. Maybe maybe it's not true. Maybe it's just a misconception. Like I, I I'll, I'll be completely honest. I do not listen to a single dynasty podcast. Like because I do not play any dynasty, so I, I don't listen to any of them. I don't I don't I don't listen to any of it. So like this is not my thing. I think you may have uh, heard one time that sushi was bad and and not liked sushi ever since then. It's just it's just like been my my perspe- perspective of seeing how people talk in the dynasty community, and it's always like we're kicking the can down the road and it's acquiring future picks and it's acquiring this. Now I get it, the acquiring asset part of it, but it just always feels like that people are always like you said, like concerned about the future and never concerned about like I want to win right now. Like uh, there, I, those, I those people are the same people that complain that they didn't win the Millie Maker on their one twenty dollar entry. So, oh yeah, the people that that's those people. Those people live in all the fantasy football areas. They're what you call the people you make money off of. They they're they were they're around in poker. They're the people that if you can't spot the sucker, you are the sucker. You know you know that saying. Like yeah, that's uh, that that occurs in every form of skill based playing we'll call it skill because it's not gambling it's it's a skill-based uh game right you know so that's what fantasy football is that's what poker is and yeah that they, those people definitely live in dynasty they live in dfs they live in redraft usually it's the guy that shows up with just his uh six month old magazine which is really the worst because i i've still never understood why anybody buys them ever like 
I, used I can to, understand. I like, used to buy them. I, I love. I lo- yes. <laughs> but like now, like it's free. Like you don't have to pay for it. Like what are you even doing paying for that? Like if you're gonna pay for something, go pay for like a site subscription to somewhere where you're actually getting value throughout the entire year that you can use it in season and everything else that gives you so much more value than going to buy that ten dollar draft mag that was made and produced in March that was printed in May that is so outdated and has had. I don't know. I just never understand it. But I guess, like I said, people don't look hard enough, and they're looking for the easiest thing at the store. They're picking up their groceries. They walk by. Oh, look at that. The new draft man is out. Let me go ahead and grab that. All right. Got it. Now we're ready for drafting now. And, you know, but like you said, those are the ones that uh, you typically are able to take their money every year. Yep. It's been a – God, it's probably been – it's probably been four or five years since I bought a draft magazine. I used to buy one every year on our July vacation – this was before I was in the dynasty, before I was on Twitter and stuff like that. And that was, to me, like that was the start of my fantasy football year because I would get my draft magazine. I would sit on the beach. I would drink my beer and I would read my draft magazine. Oh, my God. It, no, that was probably pre-kids. Cheezle Pizza's been way more than five years. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm now realizing how long it's probably been. It's probably been, God, it's probably been seven or eight years since I've bought a magazine. But I will say in, in some of them, because I know some people that write <laughs> in some of them. Uh, they, they have actually, there are some, they still have all the player stuff that, yeah, that stuff is kind of out of date in a lot of cases. I did notice some of them have actually started to shift more towards discussing some actual strategies in the magazines. I do wonder how many people read those. For me, like, give me a strategy article. I will read that all day. Don't mention a player name. That's what I want out of fantasy football. I will read somebody's strategy on fantasy football over and over and over. I'll read a hundred different strategies. I don't care about your player takes. Like they don't matter to me at all. Players don't matter. Give me a strategy talk. So there are some guides out there that I did see start to make that transition uh, a little bit towards strategy. And I do wonder if it's because they kind of realize, look, when you print out stuff six months in advance, it's obviously going to be not important, but strategy stuff that kind of stays a little bit more evergreen. Also, that's all available on websites everywhere too. So, <laughs> yeah, I do. Th- I do think that we need more. Um, we need more lineup construction talk when it terms of yeah. uh, you know in season stuff, um, strategies, and all, and all that stuff. But certainly, lineup construction needs more focused on in, in a redraft league. I think most people kind of view it as most of the players you you draft them, you set it, you walk away, and then you have your flex plays that you kind of got to decide between every week, and then you have your bye weeks. But other than that, that's about it. But there's not a lot of the conversation on lineup construction and things of that nature in terms of redraft leagues or we or in season. I guess it doesn't really matter. In season's in season for everybody. You know, it doesn't matter what league you're in. But obviously, for a dynasty league, you have much deeper rosters, so you have a little bit more of a decision to make and stuff like that. But in terms of a just you know overall, but there's not enough discussion in terms of season long leagues uh, when it comes to ro- roster construction and things of that nature and, and you know different types of builds and everything else that you can do. People just want tell me who to start, <laughs> and that's the worst. Like, I mean, I, I get it why people want it because that's their biggest question. But like, I mean, teaching somebody how to do the research and learn that, or providing research and teaching somebody how to make the decisions on the start set. Oh my god, so much more interesting to me. Like I can listen to people talk about that kind of stuff so much more than a start set. That's just, but I, but I, but I, I'm weird. Like I think a lot of people just do want 
Just tell me about. Just tell me who to start. Tell me. Yeah, most lineup. people want that quick list of just say. Actually, if you just list it for them and not put your opinion into it, can you just? I don't need your opinion on why. You don't got to give me all that. Can you just, just say the name? A, can you just give me 150 millimaker lineups and? Can you do me a favor? Can you actually just log into my account, submit them all for me too. I'll just give you the money. If I win, that's great. But like, you know, I, you're, there are some people that approach it that way. To me, that's not fun. I play this. I play this game for the strategy of it. It's just, I mean, to me, it's a, it's a game of strategy like no other. And I've played strategy games all my life. This is just the, uh, this is just the one that I can gamble on and sit and watch football while doing it. So it's fantastic. It's perfect. And unfortunately, this year has got to be the ultimate game of strategy with COVID nineteen continually being a problem in our lives. Yeah, definitely gonna definitely gonna favor those that are on top of on top of waivers, probably on top of their league settings and understanding what you can and cannot do from an injured reserve perspective. Got you. Got to make sure you're paying attention to that, folks. I'm sure everybody listening to this will be for sure. Yeah, it's going to be like the utmost importance of uh, when it comes to waiver wire. Art. The, the the guy, the the gal who produces the waiver wire article for sites or the art the podcast <laughs> for a raise. or the video are going to be the most sought after person this year. So, can you imagine from a DFS perspective, like if somebody has a positive test on a Friday or a Saturday? Or on game day, for the love of God, like can you imagine the swing? All those. Imagine if it's a, a man. I don't know what time the testing will be done on game day. I, I don't. I don't know. But let's say it comes out at two o'clock Eastern time. That somebody in a late game tested positive. Like, can you imagine the amount of late swapping that you know? If it's a star. And so many people don't utilize late swap. Like, th- there's just such an edge there that, that it's going to be wild. Like, I wonder, I, I don't know that DraftKings ever gives out statistics on it, but like, I would love to know, like, what was this person's rostered percentage prior to the news breaking? And then what did it drop to? It should drop to zero, but you know, it never does. It's one of the it's one of the biggest difference between like your fish and your actual like people that are you know DFS pros or touts or whatever you want to call them your pros or whatever is yeah. that people utilizing late swap like most people don't most people they they set their lineups they're done they walk I'm away done. let me know if I want or not <laughs> and in reality that that should never be how how it works especially like, even yeah. like people do it with NBA too which is wild to me because NBA even more so you have to be paying attention even past lock because of the fact that you get you have guys that get swapped out and everything else but there's a lot of people that don't they set their lineup they leave it as long as they don't get a notification that somebody they have in one of their lineups is out they, they leave it they walk away same thing with the nfl is the same way yeah. you should be going back reviewing all your lineup to see if you have some that are kind of borderline dead then just to swap out some of the guys you know that are chalk putting in the guys who are going to have much lower ownership just to see what you can do you might be able to get you know hit cash that way stuff like that this certainly is a strategy that people don't utilize enough in dfs and this year, I think it's there's a chance that this year it becomes even more important, which is to a major major advantage of any sharp out there because they are the ones that use it, and uh, they'll just get to clean up a little bit more. <laughs> For sure. Now other people other people do view it like when that if that guy's announced out. Oh well, that lineup's dead. Like <laughs> no, <laughs> like you can take your actually. chance. <laughs> you can actually swap. <laughs> but, oh well, that's it's crazy. All right, real quick as we wrap this up, Bosh, we can't have you on this podcast and not talk about your contribution to the Scott Fishbowl and what you do with the uh, the Fantasy Cares Eliminators. So if, if you're listening to this and you don't know what it is, they are 
eliminator leagues that John Bosch puts together every year with, you know, with actual celebrities and then with, you know, celebrities within the fantasy community, right? And I know let's, they're, let's uh, call it celebrities in quotes. These are all fantasy football celebrities. <laughs> so we'll call them quote celebrities. <laughs> well, um, they don't have any A listers, okay? Because uh, I'm not there, so they don't. They don't clearly don't have any A list celebs, okay? Stop. You're welcome to jump in. I think we this year. This year we did approach. We we did. We got just about every fantasy football analyst. There's still a few out there that I haven't been able to reach, uh, but I'm hopeful for next year that by next year we will be able to get them. Next Good. year, next year there is a chance that there are some actual like real people that people know like real celebrities there's a talked with a couple of them there's a chance that we might get some real celebrity eliminators next year which would be insane but more people are jumping into sfb now that uh they're you know closet junkie fantasy football people and they're finding sfb and they don't care they don't care that they're famous they just want to play in sfb so that was like a dig. Did you hear that? Like almost every fantasy analyst. Well, clearly I'm not in it. And he's like, oh, yeah. You like, are welcome. I have, you're I have, a peasant. Nobody gives is, a shit about there you. There is okay? no chance I did not at some point reach out to you about doing one. Next you you year, probably next, have. You probably have. Oh, okay. Let's be honest. You probably have. I'm, I am I'm, sure that I have. I'll, I, go, I back. I'll go back in the DMs. I was going to say, I can't wait for the, the screenshot after yeah. this where it's from uh, Bosch in 2016 being like, hey, man, you want to do these, uh, these eliminators? On Unanswered, unanswered, and ignored for sure. <laughs> you know I'm looking right now. No, I won't. I won't look. Next year, jump in. Next hey, man, year, jump in. Jump in? Sure. Next year, jump in for sure. But so e- either way, um, so we should probably talk about what they are, right? <laughs> yeah. So there, there, there are 17 people in each league, and then it's just the eliminated league. You you draft your teams, and then at the at the end of the week, if you are the 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 lowest scoring team you're out and then everyone else moves on. There's no waivers. It's best ball. Uh, it's just a, it, it's actually a really cool opportunity for, for you to be able to interact with, you know, your, your favorite analyst. Like this year I jumped in with uh, JJ Zacharyson, Pittsburgh guy. So I jumped in with him and jumped into the one with uh, Levitan Penn state grad. So I jumped in with that one and most of them are, are interactive in the group chats and everything, uh, you know, during the season two, both of those guys have uh, have been responding to messages. Someone in the in the Levitan chat asked him a question about, like, so I guess their uh, established runner is doing something with Yahoo. So they were talking about that. So it's it's just been really cool to see. Let's how- be honest, people also ask about like skin to fur to Adam and stuff like that. <laughs> all, all the all the all the bits that he does that also gets discussed probably higher than football. Absolutely. Did anybody ask him for his cash game plays? Uh, no. I luckily everybody that's gotten in is kind of understood. Like, I mean, let let's be cool and have fun, and you know, <laughs> let's not do that. Although I could see somebody asking it, you know, kind of as a joke, as how I would interpret it. Hopefully, if the if anybody asks, that's that's how they're asking. I assume that if they've if they've jumped in the Levitans, they've listened to him and. They they understand the running joke of he's not giving out his cash game play. He gets he gets almost borderline angry every show that he every every podcast because like he doesn't want to talk about it because he doesn't want to give out his cash game plays. It's so funny when they just dig it, dig him and dig him and dig him too. <laughs> and the best part is like his like tone never really changes. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. like his the, 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 the yeah, volume <laughs> might might fluctuate. But but I anyway, I miss that show. 
just to end on this, how many leagues did you end up putting together this year, Bosch, and how much money did that put toward uh, the Scott Fishbowl and the Toys for Tots and, and Fantasy Cares? So you told me that you were going to ask this, and I forgot to look it up. But I think we ended at about 150 of those Eliminator Leagues, which is insane. So I, I have to give a big shout-out to Russ Fisher at Dynasty Outhouse, Matt Price, and Alan Hepworth. Uh, they jumped in and helped me this year. I, I could not have managed to get all of them going in the time frame that I that I did, uh, that we did. <laughs> I try to get them all done before SFB week kicks off. Like that's always my goal. June is eliminator month. Start of July is SFB month. Uh, so I, I want to provide that little appetizer as we get ready for SFB. I couldn't have done it this year without those guys. <laughs> 150 leagues was a lot. Uh, it was a lot, a lot, and it's great. I mean, they filled up faster this year than they've ever filled up before. That was why I truly needed help. I, I literally the day one that I posted the link to sign up, I was overwhelmed. I, I had no idea how I was going to get so many leagues going because you people out there just signed up crazy. I mean, everybody wanted fantasy football. This was an option and people just went nuts with the signups, which was great. So do that again next year. Overwhelm me. I'll figure it out. Um, money wise, I think it's going to end up raising about $20,000. It's a little tougher <laughs> to calculate this year because it kind of took on a life of its own with people donating to different charities. Um, kind of in the name of it, something would happen in the chat in one of these leagues. And like, they would bet each other. Hey, if you skip, if you don't pick this guy, I'll donate 10 bucks to whatever charity you want. Or if you know, if you pick this guy and win, that's the best one. This is a uh, Curtis Patrick and his threw out a challenge to his chat. If you take uh Mitch Trubisky in this round, I think it was the fourth round. I think they were in, if you take Mitch Trubisky in this round and you win, I'll donate a hundred dollars to, a charity. I think just about every single other person in that league also backed that up. So there's like $1,500 for charity riding, riding on Mitchell Trubisky winning, <laughs> uh, being on the winning roster. And the thing is, uh, Jason Tran and Derek McCree, they're the owners of this team. Uh, the, he's their third quarterback. <laughs> so like the roster has a legitimate chance to win. So it's a little tougher for me to calculate like the total amount. I can't even really try, but like 20,000 is about the amount that we've sent to, uh, it'll be part of the toy drive that we do every year for fantasy cares. Every, we go out in December, we buy a ton of toys, donate them toys for tots. Uh, I've got to do that for the past few years. Shopping wise. It's awesome. I get to take my kids, my wife do, doing it. We take some friends now because, uh, it's grown so much. Like we need that. We need that help. Uh, and then I've also this year we we donated a bunch to gopantry.org, which is that's the website for a local food bank close to me. Uh, they're in huge need. Uh, we I started a bunch of auctions back in March when COVID hit, and all of a sudden, like kids that usually rely on getting f their meal at school were at home. So like they they had a huge they had a huge need. They needed to feed people. Uh, so we we've really kind of done a good amount of support to them this year as well, which is, which has been great. And, and every single eliminator this year has a COVID clause at the very, at the, the bottom of every single league page might be at the top. Uh, it says if the NFL season is canceled, all the winnings. So every league you can win 50 bucks, which honestly most people end up donating, which is awesome. Uh, 
but you don't have to. You can use that 50 bucks for whatever you want. I, you know, you want it, you sure do whatever you want with it. But this year, if the league gets canceled, all that money is going straight to go pantry because for me, like if this league gets canceled, we are just in such a bad spot that I, I can't even, nobody's going to care about getting their money back. I'm not splitting $50, 16 ways and sending, I'm not sending $3 and whatever amount of cents to every single owner over and over and over all that money's gone. And like, everybody's, everybody's like, yeah, that's fine. By the way, if I win, send it there anyways, to which I say, no, 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 I'm not tracking what I'm doing with your winnings. <laughs> Don't ask me to do that. You'll get your winnings. You can send it wherever you want. <laughs> but, uh, so that, I mean, that's the eliminators. It, like you said, it's a, uh, it's a fun competition. They're 10 bucks to enter for most of them. Some of them are a little bit more expensive. You get a fun chat out of all of them. And I've seen, I've seen those chats last. There's some that still go on from like last year. Uh, people will pop in and just ask a, qu- a quick question like, hey, what do you think of this player? And all of a sudden you see a conversation for like an hour. During the drafts, the chats, for the most part, all are are pretty active. Uh, I think you get $10 worth of entertainment from that alone. <laughs> and much less than, you know, you got a chance to win a little bit more. Nobody's playing these to win money. Uh, a five to one return at a 17 to one odds. Not a huge math guy. I am. I like math a lot, but even if I wasn't a huge math guy, that's not really that hard to figure that that's not the right return on investment for the risk that you're taking. So it's not really about that. It's all about the charity. And we have a, we have a blast doing it. Uh, thank you to Scott fish who obviously gave me kind of the, the platform and let me jump in and, and start to do these with him. They have grown in a way that I did not expect to happen. I, I never would have thought that we could raise twenty thousand dollars through through fantasy football leagues uh to donate to places and and then what the potathon did this year i mean that's just that's amazing they broke forty thousand this year it's it's just awesome and the amount of stuff that has been donated because of scott fishbowl people that have gotten in and sent stuff to other places i mean scott scott has changed my view on it <laughs> quite frankly not changed it but i never uh, I never really even thought about it. Like I never thought about like, oh, let's use some fantasy football to raise money for charity. But as soon as I met him and he's like, you know, what if every single league gave one entry fee to some charity? I mean, it's when you start thinking about that number, that's enormous. And Kevin, you like to win and you like to win money, but in your redraft league, be honest, like, I, I don't know what your buy-in is, but let's say your winning pot was 10% less. Would that even, would you even notice? Going to guess not. <laughs> Kevin, no, he's, he's never won it. <laughs> That's fuck true. <laughs> he's like, I'll take a 0% payout. I just want to advance past round one. How much do I have to pay to get past round one? That's all that matters. Oh, I have one in other leagues, okay? Thank you very much. I have one in other leagues I've been in. I just, just not this one. But, like, nobody nobody, end up, nobody ends up uh, uh, noticing. I mean, when you win a league, like, winning the league is winning. Getting the money is awesome. Getting a little bit less I've never had anybody tell me that like it does that they that they notice it or they don't want to play in a league anymore because we give ten percent of it to charity. So like every single league that can adopt it, it, it's grown so much. And Scott does an awesome job spreading that word. So anytime I get the opportunity to spread that word a little bit too, I, I definitely will. Yeah, man, it's been awesome to see, like you said, just all the all the different ways. Like I'm doing a guillotine league, and that's all charity. Like everything was just charity right off the bat. But like you know, what I mean, it was just something fun for a bunch of us. To kind of basically, like the, uh, the eliminators. You know, what I mean, the the yeah. guillotine leagues, same thing. But like just all charity jumped in with a bunch of those guys, and like it's almost become 
the the standard in dynasty leagues almost. You know what I mean? Like you join a league and um man, I'm trying to think of which one of which one it was. I, I joined one recently and like someone asked, like, oh hey, is there a charity component? Like it's almost like almost like built into like the the Twitter dynasty. The, the Twitter dynasty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's 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 all Scott. He has gotten it so ingrained, and it's it really the fantasy cares movement that he's kind of been pushing. Like it's it it never would have occurred to me, and I'm I'm a, I'm just I love being part of it. And like you said, it's kind of an expectation now when you when you start up a league with a bunch of Twitter people. If it's a dynasty league, like I've never had anybody tell me. I don't want I don't want to have any part of this be charity. Usually it's the other way around. It's well, we can give a little bit more to, you know, find a charity. Like like Kevin said, none of us are playing this to win big money. We're all playing five dollar leagues. Don't play five dollar leagues. Put a little bit more on it, folks. <laughs> if you want to play five dollars, buy a DFS, uh buy a DFS five dollars single entry. That's that's what you spend five dollars on. Uh but if you're playing a twenty-five dollar buy-in and it's uh you send twenty-five dollars to charity out of 12, 13, 14 entries, nobody misses it. Yeah, it's uh it's just been awesome to see how much that's grown. So Bosch, we really pre- appreciate you taking the time, man. This has been a this has been a really fun conversation. I'm glad we got to be a little little less structured than we have in in the past couple of weeks with with the TFA pod and kind of got to go off the rails and get your thoughts on all of this. So if you're not following Bosch yet, make sure you change that. You can find him on Twitter at John Bosch FF. Like I said at the beginning, his pods are the dynasty game night pod and the dynasty wall street pods. You can just find, I'm assuming across every, every platform. As far as I know, <laughs> there, I, 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 the, uh, so dynasty game night, that's on the dynasty league football family podcast feed. So I am sure that they are everywhere. Uh, and the dynasty wall street is on the dynasty trade calculator podcast feed. I believe that one is also everywhere. Awesome. Yeah. Those are, those are definitely two of my, my favorite pods as well. It was nice talking to you, Bosch and not having the, the nerves that I had last <laughs> year when I was on the, the DGN pod trying to get that Scott fishbowl invite. Like that, that was a thing like, as I as I listen to those pods, I'm like, oh come on, that's the answer. What are you doing? <laughs> and then I got there, I was just like, it's a it's really hard to try and figure out stuff when you're on the spot, isn't it? It's way different. Dude, I love it. I love, I love playing, but like, and I it's for me, I've played enough now that I don't have that like, uh, not deer in headlights, but yeah, deer in headlights. <laughs> like where all of a sudden you're asked a question, and you're like, oh shit, like everything uh, you know just leaves your mind. <laughs> it so does, and we we see it. We see it over and over and over. Uh, any t- anytime somebody gets to play for the first time, it's it's always entertaining because they definitely they think they they come in thinking like I listen and I know all these answers. It's it's a different story when you have to be the one answering the question. It's so hard. That's why I lose most of the time. <laughs> Especially when you're trying to win that that golden ticket to the Scott Fishbowl, and like that was toward the end of the year as well. So I was like, man, if I don't win this, like I'm probably not getting in. It was like I think it was one of the last spots given away last year. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. So make sure you you know you subscribe to to the podcast that Bosch does. Make sure you slam that subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff for us. And uh, until next time, we'll we will be back on Wednesday. We have another guest on Wednesday. We're going to be kind of going back to the the regular redraft ADP stuff. So until then, we will see you guys. And uh, bye. We hope. Enjoy your stay
even if it's just for the day.